Hello, and welcome to the Seattle Coffee Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, and joining me this episode is Ariel. How's it going, Ariel? That's going great. How about you, Pat? Not too bad. Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday, so um, still have half of the week to, to get through, although it's kind of near. It's sort of near the end of the day, I guess. <laughs> it's your Wednesday, but it's my Friday. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm I'm jealous. Uh, that's the... Uh, Although I, you probably have worked as many days in a row as I will have by Friday or more. So yeah, uh, yeah I do Saturday through Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's been uh, it's been a little while since we had you. We have had you on the show. Um, we had you on a while back to talk about beans. Although, to be fair, we kind of we recorded a bunch of episodes all the once at the beginning. People are probably tired of hearing me say this over and over again. And now we're kind of getting back to closer to the actual time that the episodes come out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it has, it's probably seemed longer if you're listening, <laughs> um, <laughs> that people have heard you. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the, uh, specialty coffee associations tasting wheel, uh, which you have done some fantastic YouTube videos that people should go watch about. And so I thought it made sense that, uh, that I would, get you to join us for this episode yeah thank you for uh, having me back on i'm super excited to uh chat about the flavor wheel oh no yeah definitely you know more i know a fair amount about it but you know more about it than i do so there was no better choice for sure um before though that we get into that is there anything that you have been enjoying in terms of like coffees or um equipment or whatever that that has been um has been exciting for you recently um, I've been drinking a lot of drip lately, actually. I've kind of just, I, I have a technivorum and it's just so convenient. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, so I'm enjoying some drip right now. Uh, I've actually been enjoying kind of a newer roaster, um, mm-hmm. Baseline Coffee out of Oakland, California. They have this, it's out of stock now, but I snagged a two pound bag. Um, but it's a uh, coffee from Bali. That's really amazing. It's got, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, It's got tasting notes of red velvet, strawberry and macadamia nut. And it is beautiful. That sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to look into ordering some of that for myself. I've, I, I had heard of the roaster before mm-hmm. a couple of people have mentioned them to me, but I hadn't heard of that particular roast. That sounds really cool. I've never had a coffee from Bali. I, I, yeah, me either. A, if you had asked me if there's coffee grown there, I would have answered, I assume, yes. Um, like, it's not super surprising to me that they're that they have a, a coffee industry. But I'm, I'm a little surprised that to, to hear like about them exporting to a specialty roaster. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. I uh, I don't know what I'm going to do when I run out. Probably like fall into a spiraling depression. <laughs> <laughs> That's always how the, the, that has happened. That happens to me with like numerous food items that are seasonal. That happened right? to me with, with a beer recently that I had and was like, this is so incredibly good. And then I couldn't find it again. And now it's, I don't know if it'll ever, if I'll ever find it again. Uh, so sad. Um, well, I speaking of Technivorm, um, I have been researching. I've been doing like some more Technivorm videos for us recently, and uh, I've always liked Technivorms, but I've been checking out the um, Mocha Master Select that just came out more, and uh, have been enjoying playing around with that and doing some video content for it. It's like a it's weird because at first when I saw it, it I started. I actually found out about it from customers first because. Mm-hmm. I have admittedly a hard time keeping Technivore models straight sometimes. Um, so 
<laughs> I knew that they had a new brewer that was sort of soft releasing last year and more widely available this year, but I didn't really understand what was new about it. And when I found out at first, and what's new about it for those who don't know is it has like a, uh, instead of having the button to control how long the burner stays on for or the warming plate stays on for, it has a, the, a switch in that position that um, sets it to either a half pot brew or a full pot brew. And when I first heard about that, I was like, who cares? You can just put like half pot of water in and, and half pot of coffee's worth in and it's the same thing anyway but this select actually mocha master select actually um I, I, it modulates certain things that it's doing with like flow rate and temperature control mm -hmm. so that it actually provides it produces a half pot that is of the same kind of quality level as the full pot and i gotta admit it's actually i think it's a noticeable difference that is awesome yeah yeah i saw your i saw your crew review on it i'm like oh it's it's here <laughs> Yeah, it's I, I was really glad to get it in because people have been clamoring for it. And, and I was honestly surprised to really like it as much as I did. I kind of thought that I would that it was just a gimmick, mm -hmm. um, which was surprising to me because Technoworm doesn't really do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, they don't do the gimmick thing. So at first I was definitely surprised to hear about it. But then once I actually tried it, it's, it definitely does. Um, and, and I'm not like I, I, I don't know. 100% I know that it modulates flow rate and that it, it has different controls on the heating element to keep the water at a consistent pressure or temperature and pr pressure too but I guess what can happen when you have a smaller amount of water is it can over the heating element can kind of overheat the water mm -hmm. um, because it's heating up to maintain a consistent temperature through a longer brew cycle when it thinks there's going to be more water coming through um it's something along those lines i mean don't quote me that's the, i don't mean to like suggest that as science to anybody listening but it has to do with that sort of the length of time that the heating element is going to keep the water hot um so it changes up that and then again it changes up some of the flow rate stuff i guess uh in the pump which is it's just cool mm -hmm. um and, uh, and and it makes a really good half pot of coffee and full pot of coffee that tastes the same instead of like any kind of difference. Um, and and uh, and I really That's like it. So. Awesome! I'll have to play around yeah. with it sometime. Yeah, I've considered. I I have a fairly inexpensive drip brewer that I like. It's still SCA rated and stuff. But I've been considering replacing it with this technical because I think I would drink more drip coffee if I could get a really good half pot. Because uh -huh. uh, I'm not really like a single cup person. I need a little more than that. I usually drink like two cups of coffee in the yeah, morning. Yeah, I usually do. Uh, I usually go through like a half pot a day myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that would be uh, that would be pretty good uh, to be able to drink a couple cups in the morning and put a third one in like the, the rest of the pot in like a travel mug or something. Keep it kind of warm. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, we don't have any listener questions this week. If you do ever have a question, we love to read them on the air. You can send them to questions at seattlecoffeegear.com um but um since we don't have any questions we can jump right into our topic which is the sca flavor wheel for coffee yes. um which is a pretty neat uh thing um <laughs> it's it's definitely like the first time you see it it's kind of um it can be a little overwhelming but i think it's a really cool way to learn about different um tasting notes in coffee yeah it's it's pretty fascinating there's just so much to it, you know. Um, right. Um, so if oh. 
you're not familiar with, if you're listening, you're not familiar with the tasting wheel. This is a, um, a, a kind of graphic that the Specialty Coffee Association um, puts out and put out, I should say. I don't think it changes much ever, um, but it, 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 it kind of encompasses the whole, it does its best to encompass the whole range of different flavors that you can get from coffee, different tasting notes, not added flavors but the tasting notes that you're getting out of brewed coffee yeah um and they updated it i think the most recent update was in 2016 and that was after like years and years of research so it came out um and then there's a whole lexicon that they kind of drew the flavor wheel from um you can actually download that pretty easily the lexicon um that one is pretty science heavy um, and it goes into the, the nitty gritty um, of all of the different tasting notes. And there are quite a few, um, some that don't even pop up on the Yeah. And, um, and, you know, as a sort of a refresher, again, when we talk about tasting notes, we're talking about um, the sort of the things you can notice that, w- that you get when you taste a cup of coffee. So, you know, you might on a basic level, you might think like, oh, this tastes kind of chocolatey sort of thing, similar to the sort of notes you get from wine. We're not talking about stuff that you put in coffee to make it taste a certain way. Um, and the flavors can change based on all kinds of factors from the varietal to the soil that it's grown in to the elevation to um, process to roasting. And all, I mean, all this stuff has a huge effect on flavor, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, I mean, it even probably even the amount of, you know, sun the coffee tree yeah, gets yeah. that year too you know um yep so yeah coffee is coffee's definitely a bit of a miracle because you have to have like everything has to be perfect to uh yeah. to get it right you know and sometimes you have accidental stuff that <laughs> turn that ends up tasting good mm-hmm. despite what you might think too so um so it's it's a really really fascinating thing and um this flavor wheel is i find a really good thing to point to people when they're first getting into specialty coffee to start developing their palate because i think one of the common things that you hear from people is well you know you say that this has notes of like jasmine cherries and you know some and 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 um and brown sugar and i don't taste any of that i just it just tastes like like water to me or or something something. yeah yeah and a lot of times that's a that's sort of divine developing and refining your palate Mm -hmm. to kind of pick out the different notes notes that are in coffee again just like wine and and other um food tasting and and i think the sca uh flavor wheel is a good place to kind of start to look at the range mm-hmm. of flavors yeah and like the the easiest way to kind of go about it is you know it's it's almost it's like a spiral so you always want to start in like the middle when you're kind of first starting out because those are the most like basic tasting notes that are there and then eventually it'll start kind of like dividing up so like yeah you taste fruit okay good and then it'll start to get like increasingly specific as you work your way out um, yeah. Right, and so we'll we'll I'll link to the the t- this tasting wheel in the show notes so you can take a look at it while we're talking about it. But I'll also read um, some of the 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 middle of the wheel is going to give you. It starts kind of at roasted, and then it goes around to spices, nutty slash cocoa, sweet, floral, fruity, 
sour or fermented, green or vegetative, and then other. And um, you're sort of... It's interesting because you would think, oh, well, that means the good flavors go from, like, spices to fruity, and you don't want any of those other flavors. But it just depends. Again, Mm -hmm. like... As you work your way out on the wheel, you start to see that there's actually some flavors in different categories on this of of those high level categories that are pretty good flavors that you might want in your coffee. Yeah, exactly. So like one is, you know, one is not necessarily bad or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's what's there. Um, But there are defects that are all sorts of fun. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. (laughs) When you get into the like... I love going out to the outer part of the wheel um, and seeing stuff like rubber or um, let me see what is uh, like <laughs> isovaleric acid. <laughs> um, skunky is another one. That yeah. yeah. And so those are kind of the extreme end. And they're usually so a lot of those flavors are usually indicative of a defect, yeah, like yeah, you're saying. Exactly. Um, like there's definitely one that's it's called band-aid defect and for whatever reason if something goes wrong the coffee will actually taste like band-aids it's it's not pleasant but at the same time it's definitely interesting to to taste those things in kind of like a sure oh my god this is so awful here try it you know (laughs) yes definitely definitely um so have you had so I don't, some of these are I've had some like I've had coffees with peanut defect before. Um, have you had some of these like something like meaty or brothy I, or meaty brothy? I have, but it, it was um, basically there was one time where the shop that I was working in, we were trying to do like an aged Sumatra on espresso and it was so hard to dial in. And it definitely like, it was weird because it tasted like meat when you tried to pull this shot. It was that's super really weird. Yeah. That's super strange. And then potato Um, defect though, I think is probably the most common defect that I've tasted. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because sometimes I'm not naming any names. I'm not picking on any particular roaster at all. But sometimes there's a few times when I have had like clearly potato defect or peanut defect coffee. And it's like played off as like, oh, savory. This coffee is is savory (laughs) (laughs) in the tasting notes. (laughs) It's very funny because it is like, no, you whoever cupped this coffee knows for sure that there's something Mm -hmm. wrong with it. And the thing about like potato defect specifically is it's just it could be one bean in that batch. And it just once it's you have no way of knowing until you've roasted it. So basically it's like, well, we can dump this batch or we can try to make the best of it because i mean you know it's like a 20 pound batch of coffee and all it takes is one bean to just yeah exactly it It can get spoiled really Mm -hmm. easily and um what i do think is interesting is that sometimes i have actually had particularly with peanut defect i have actually had peanut defect coffee that i think tastes pretty okay in certain brew Mm -hmm. methods and especially with certain additives like in certain kinds of like milk and stuff like that so 
sometimes I think you can get around some of those weirder tasting yeah. notes. For sure. But yeah, the potato, there's really no getting <laughs> getting around that. No, that's true. Yeah. Or I don't know. Have you ever had a, <laughs> there's on the, the second wheel out from that first inner wheel, you get things like um, pepper, pungent. Uh, my favorite one is olive oil. I can't say that I've ever had a coffee that tastes like olive oil. I haven't, but I would love to. That sounds actually well, sounds yeah. pretty great. I mean, I do like olive yeah. oil. Yeah. You know. It, oh, sorry. Oh, oh go um, ahead. I was going to say there was one that I had. Oh, gosh. Where was it from? I think it was from Kenya. Um, and the, the it wasn't a defect or anything, but it had a really prominent like um, green bell pepper tasting note that was interesting so the tasting notes were like tomato and green bell pepper so if you got it as like a latte it tasted like almost like pizza it was weird but in interesting yeah that's what i tend to find the most is that coffees tend to and this is indicative of where my palate is at which is like there's always room for more development it's certainly not as um, refined as a lot of people even at seattle coffee gear but i tend to get a lot of um, vegetable from mm-hmm. stuff um i notice a lot of that vegetative note which is one of the things they have under the green slash vegetative category um or pea pod is another one that i get a lot of like it's a lot of times coffee tastes like a lot of i shouldn't say a lot of time it is not uncommon for me to taste a coffee and go oh that tastes like peas yeah. <laughs> i feel like those are usually um they're usually like the the indonesian coffees particularly from like sumatra those tend to be more savory just by nature um and yeah I ones from kenya those will either taste like grapefruit or they'll taste like tomato there's like no in between <laughs> yeah and it's just going to depend on what flavors you like sometimes you're going to taste it and go oh that tastes like peas and some people are going to go oh it has a nice savory thing mm-hmm. going on so <laughs> it's obviously different from person to yeah, person exactly. but yeah i kind of i mean i just i like coffee in general so i mean all of it makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, I think when you start getting the coffees that taste really stale or papery and the ones that have the more chemically tastes, uh, which I definitely have found before, that's when it starts to get more in the like, I don't know that this is for anyone side mm-hmm. of the equation. Yeah. But it is good for like, you know, if you are kind of helping somebody refine their palate it just mm-hmm. have them taste it anyway that way they know what to look for so it's not fun in the traditional sense of oh i'm enjoying this it's oh my god i didn't know that this was possible yes totally and i think an interesting thing that a, a lot of times people don't necessarily get when they are um you know when we list a coffee we usually list the well, we always list the tasting notes that the roaster excuse me, that the roaster provides. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you may not get that when you brew it at home yourself. You may find that it tastes different to your palate than um, what the roaster lists. And sometimes people get frustrated and they'll like leave a review that's like, oh, I didn't taste this at all. I think it's important to understand like the cupping process and how those flavor notes are developed before you get to the coffee. Exactly. And that is, um, so they're called Q graders and that's, that's what they do. And they go through extensive training so it's a there's actually like a kit that you buy and it's it's got all these different like flavors and aromas and stuff and it ranges from 
you know, the, the normal things that you would expect um, to the defects. And I mean, some of them will even put like pencil shavings in their mouths just so they know what that tastes like. So they know and remember it if they taste it in a coffee. It's pretty fascinating what they do. Yeah. Uh, and um, you'll notice that <laughs> thankfully this uh, this wheel doesn't get too gross. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing on here that you would go how did you although tire one of my favorites is tire because uh we they say rubber on here but we often will describe bad or overly roasty coffees as tasting like mm. tire and there is the question of how would you know what tire tastes like some, if you haven't tasted tire we'll probably put like a <laughs> yeah i'm sure yeah um so once you have those people who are are good at finding those flavors um you'll usually have what will usually happen with coffee that's after it comes out of the roaster is they will do an immersion style of brewing that is specifically for cupping yeah. right so that one is interesting too because there's a certain etiquette um so everyone is quiet and they've got like you know their little their tasting notes and then there's actually like a, like paperwork that you fill out and you you go around and you you slurp it so all you can hear really is the slurping and then you know, like you like you write down the notes and you have a spit cup because you don't actually swallow the coffee so you right. have to keep track of your spoon and your spit cup otherwise it's and just it's, a nightmare the way that it's brewed is there'll be um sort of these cupping bowls mm -hmm. And um, it's an immersion style of brewing where the coffee is just immersed in the bowl. Yep. It's just put in the bowl and then allowed to brew instead of going through a filter or through like um, filtered out with a press or whatever. There, there's actually just coffee grounds in the cupping. Yeah, exactly. Bowls. So it's it is it is coarsely ground kind of like for a French press. Um, so you you brew it and then like this the crust of the grounds kinds of kind of forms on top and then you you break it. Um, so then the grounds kind of sink to the bottom and then you, you know, scoop the coffee out and it's a specific, it's called a cupping spoon. It almost looks like a, it's mm -hmm. like a soup spoon and a ladle got together and had a baby and that's what a cupping spoon looks like. Yeah, totally. Um, then you use that specific equipment and like you said, you have your like note forms that you use for the, the flavors and they're generally looking for things like aroma as mm -hmm. well. Um, so you have to take the full, um, the full sniff of the aroma and then you slurp the coffee and everything. And it's, it's an interesting process to go through. I think I've only done it once, but it's, it's yeah. pretty fun. It is. It is really interesting. And then, you know, you try to guess which, which coffee is from which country based on what you've tasted. Yeah. And, um, what usually a roasters will come out of these, these cuppings is they'll have a v sort of differing even then of opinions of what the coffee tastes like and you try to build a consensus mm -hmm. around um certain around a, a set of flavor notes to actually like put on the bag for people but they're kind of based on this um you know there's a process too where certainly many roasters will you know may brew the coffee as a pour over or as espresso shots or whatever to kind of like compare what they've noted from the cupping mm -hmm. to what they've got from different brew methods but but generally they're kind of guided by those initial tests of the coffee to get those notes and um they're not always necessarily notes that are directly from the seaa wheel um so 
it's like it just depends some roasters stick pretty heavily to the flavors and they're gonna say like mm-hmm. oh no no this is cherry uh hazelnut and lime and that's that those were just just using those notes that are on mm-hmm. the wheel but i don't know if they do it because of the flavor wheel or i don't not. i don't know um i mean i yeah I, I agree with you some of them are you know pretty strict with the way that they list tasting notes but then you know, it's it's also a very personal thing. So, like the coffee that I'm drinking, one of the tasting notes is red velvet. That's that's not on the flavor wheel, but somebody picked that up. Right. So, you know, again, it's it's very open to interpretation. So the wheel is not necessarily like the be all end all. It's it's a really good guide, but um, you know, you also have to kind of rely on your own palate and be like, oh well, this is what I taste you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that it is useful when you are learning or when you're first developing your palate and you're first trying different coffees, it's useful to get coffees that have notes that kind of overlap with stuff on this wheel. So you can kind of learn to place, you know, again, like you were saying earlier, start one of the, I think one of the absolute best exercises you can go through if you're really interested in coffee flavor and then you're really interested in um, developing your palate. And and a thing that I think is just fun to do too is if you get, if someone brings a coffee that has, you know, again, some of those simple notes that are going to be, you know, your cherries and your chocolate and, um, and molasses maybe or something like that. And um, then you brew it up and then you have everybody start kind of at the middle of the wheel like you were talking about before and go with, oh, this is I get some some fruity and cocoa notes from this and then get more specific as you taste the coffee. Exactly. So it's yeah, it's it is a process, too. So you kind of have to be patient with yourself, um, you know, and it's not just with like coffee, because basically what you're tasting reminds you of something else. So a good way to expand your palate in general is just to be a more adventurous eater too, because then you have Mm -hmm. all of these different things that you remember Um, because smell and taste, you know, they, they, it's always like a memory of something else. So when you're tasting a coffee, it reminds you of something. Right. And it's not, you know, if you can't off the top of your head, kind of separate the flavors of like, pomegranate and cherry for example it's hard to be that specific with mm-hmm. those flavors when you are tasting something that has those kind of notes yeah. right um so you kind of do need to know what those different foods taste like i don't necessarily think if you're interested in just like unless you're trying to become a q grader i don't know that you need to go looking for some cardboard to chew on <laughs> <laughs> uh, or a tire to bite into <laughs> Uh, just you know you see somebody wandering around the side of the highway chewing on a tire (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh no i think i think you're good to just um to try out some of the more pleasant flavors uh that (laughs) exist on the wheel and um exactly and see how you feel about those um i think there's also interesting stuff on here like um overall sweet is one of the Mm -hmm. like middle wheel options so it's clear that like like we were saying before this is not a necessarily the end of the road for developing coffee flavor like coffee tasting either it's something that they're constantly working on and improving 
Yeah, it's it, and it's yeah, like you said, it's it is constantly changing. Um, so who knows? Maybe ten years down the road, they'll they'll come up with something else, which would be interesting to see. There will be ten ten more spokes on this on this wheel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you can also another thing too that you can we have I think a couple of them up. You can go to the SEA and get this as a poster too, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Um, useful to have in a space where you're tasting yeah, coffee. I think um, Counterculture actually has their own version of of that poster as well. Yes, they do. Yeah, I want to say that might even be the one that we have up in a couple places as Counterculture's yeah, version. So, so. Um, so yeah, you can get you can get it from a, a few different places. Um, well, did you have any? Are there any other final thoughts that you had on uh, on flavor notes in general or the SCAA wheel? Uh not really. I guess just um, you know. Keep an open mind when it comes to uh, when it comes to coffee. You know, um, there there are people out there that you know, like I just want coffee that tastes like coffee, and that's that's fine. But it's also you know, be adventurous. Yeah, and and I think learn what co- what what coffee that tastes like coffee is for you. I don't think there's anything wrong with like wanting a specific kind of coffee but to some people coffee that tastes like coffee means um you know a sort of smoky mm-hmm. uh earthy kind of flavor to so some people that means a like a big dark chocolate note with a little bit of bitterness yeah. to some people that means a brighter coffee um it just depends so you really i think it's worth if you're somebody who drinks coffee regularly and you want that cup of coffee to be good i mean if you're basically if you're listening to this podcast at all um i think it's worth learning what to you a good cup of coffee is just so then you know what to look for when you're kind of browsing different specialty coffees exactly um yeah i think uh i think we've we've covered everything pretty thoroughly what do you think pat yeah definitely um so thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the seattle coffee gear podcast and thank you ariel for being on the show and Absolutely. Pleasure is all mine. And if you have a question again, um, please drop us a line at questions at seattlecoffeegear.com. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you let us know and review on your podcast platform of choice and tell a friend to getting more people subscribed absolutely helps us um, as well. And for all your coffee needs, make sure you check out seattlecoffeegear.com and head over to our blog and our YouTube for more educational and informative content about all things coffee, especially if you enjoyed this episode. Again, Ariel has some really good videos about the SCA wheel with uh, SCAA wheel with, um, you know, the visual aid there as well um yeah thanks for uh thanks for tuning in yeah thanks so much we'll see you next episode